and welcome to the Original Content Podcast. I'm Anthony Ha. I'm Jordan Crook. And I'm Daryl Etherington. And every week we review a new streaming show or movie for the past few weeks on and on. Well, basically every week we've been talking about The Last of Us and on weeks when we've been busy or <laughs> otherwise occupied, we just do uh, an episode that's just focused on the latest in The Last of Us. This week we're going to focus on left behind the latest episode and like all of our episode recaps this is going to be full of spoilers so if you have not seen the first seven episodes of the last of us you should stop listening now uh we will we will avoid spoilers for the games though so anything that's further than this will keep it vague i mean easy for me because i have not played the games but uh daryl welcome back and i think you caught up on the last couple of episodes recently feels Mm -hmm. like you need a haircut who me? Well, Daryl, the joke is that the last two episodes, Daryl's been getting a haircut. Oh, so, I see. I that's see. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, you know, calling back to that. Got joke. it. I do need another haircut. Why not? It's fun to Why get not? haircuts. I need Anyways. a haircut so bad. Anyway, it's carry on. <laughs> it's good. Uh, show. I say. <laughs> 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 what else Five do you stars. want from me? <laughs> what from this most recent one? This most recent one is like we. I'm sure me and Jordan will talk about it later. But it's a video. It's a more more video game ripped from the video game content. I mean, a lot of the shows, but this one in partic- particular is from an expansion. Not even the uh, not even the main game. Right? Are you it was sure an you expansion. were allowed to drink the tap water where you were? <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you have coffee this morning? What? What happened? How did You're we slow. manage without you? You're not. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. I don't know. Maybe I. <laughs> maybe I have COVID. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Yes. What's going okay. On. <laughs> maybe I'll just take it for, yeah, for take a it. second. Why don't take you it, just, Yeah, just take a couple deep breaths and I'll talk for a sec. Uh. I mean, I do want to know what Daryl thought of the episode that he missed that he didn't talk to us. Oh, about. that I'm one? Not sure yeah, that one's great. <laughs> crank back to that one at this point in time. Uh, this episode was good. It was like, it's not really fair to call it a capsule episode because um, Ellie is a main character, but like yeah. it is a capsule in time to meeting the OG Ellie before she goes on this journey with. Uh, Joel, I mean, if you think of the first pilot episode as a way to get to know Joel before any of this, obviously Ellie isn't even old enough to have been pre-pandemic, so she doesn't have a past from the before times, but she does have a past from before she kind of like met Joel. We knew that she was in Fedra and training to be kind of like a soldier, but this gives us some insight into kind of how she formed her first opinions as a young adult um, and her relationships. And most importantly, it tells the story of how she got bit and um, learned that she was immune. Yeah, Right. This is the first time we've seen her um, pre-bite, pre-knowing that she's immune. And, um, and then it's also framed... I mean, it, like ninety-five percent of this episode takes is is this flashback, but it's it's also um, framed by this sequence where, as in you know, from the previous episode, Joel has been 
stabbed and is basically looks like he's going to die and telling Ellie to leave him. And I think part of the implication is that the show is showing that, you know, this is part of why she's so attached to Joel, because like, you know, as she sort of said in the past episode, like everyone else she's cared about has died or left her. And um, he's the only one who hasn't. And, And this that's like an interesting idea. And in this episode, you get to see probably the most important example from her past of, of how, um, you know, someone she cared about died. And maybe even just to take that further, right? Because like, it almost feels based on the information we have at this point in the show, it almost feels like there haven't been, there's one person that she's cared about. I mean, the, the juxtaposition between um, Ellie and Riley Mm -hmm. is that Riley is often talking about, her parents and having known her parents and loved her parents and losing them. And the difference between that and Ellie's experience, which is apparently never having known them at all and maybe never really feeling loved or loving and becoming a person who was really closed off to that until Riley opened it up. Um, And so, you know, Riley chooses to, go to the fireflies, which is a first loss. And then obviously everything that goes down in the mall is a second loss. And so Ellie's really only experienced it's, it's not like she's loved many and many have left right. and many have mm-hmm. died. Right. It's um, it's that she's very picky and choosy because it's not a practice love and kind of being loved is not something that she has a ton of experience with. And I think it's fair to argue that like for all of us, that first heartbreak really fucks you, you know, Um, that first experience with death or heartbreak is really hard and it, it changes you. And she kind of had that late compared to her peers in the midst of a fungal infection Mm -hmm. pandemic. (laughs) Are you going to sing the song or no, you're just not going to sing the song. Do you want me to sing a song? What yeah. song am I bringing to mind? All the single ladies? First cut is the deepest. The first cut is the deepest. <laughs> Baby, I know. Uh, yeah, I think that's all right. And I think the, the like, she's also, what is the closest person she comes to, I guess, besides or that we see other than this is that, uh, you know, the boy who dies. And that's just kind of like. Henry. Yeah, Henry. Um. It seems different, right? It seems like I don't know, protective or oh, maternal or parental Sam's or something. Sam's the little boy's name, right? Is Sam the little oh, boy's name? Oh, you're right. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then, yeah, this and even that, you see, she's like cautious about it a little bit, but like it's also uh, lower stakes. But then this one, she's, I think, I think they did a really good job of pointing out, like, no, this is like her saying, okay, well, I'm gonna willing to be to risk getting close to somebody again and also that that makes the stakes are so high like i'm not gonna lose this guy in the way that i lost this other person right um or we can only assume i mean we haven't seen the very conclusion of okay well relax um (laughs) i think also something that the uh showrunner said in the like after the episode which is what is that you watched that yeah, yeah, I watched that. It's just like 10 minutes after the episode, or not even. It's like seven you minutes. You just have after to not episode, turn it really. off. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It just auto plays. I think in Canada, it doesn't do that. It just it's like, fuck you. No, you'll, never, you'll never know. 
doesn't it auto plays in Canada too. Um, I was interested this time because they were talking about the power dynamics of Ellie and how she approaches relationships. And she might like, for example, I think Sam is a good example because she was opening up to him, but the power dynamic I think was always in her favor, even just through age, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of like, I choose to interact with you. I choose to engage in this play with you. I choose to ask you, you know, you're the one who's scared. I'm the one comforting you. Um, and that is her relationship with Joel is she's kind of been fighting that even though he's older and kind of the one who's leading the charge and kind of she's aware of the fact that she probably won't make it very far without him. Um, but she doesn't really give that up until he's fallen off a horse bleeding to death when she's like, oh, you know, I need you. I, or until he says, I'm not going to go anymore with you. Uh, you know, my brother's going to take you. And then she says, no, no, you make me feel less scared. Right. So she really only when her back's against the wall, does she, admit to needing him and what was interesting about riley is riley really did have the upper hand it felt in their relationship and in the power dynamics within their relationship and that's not to say she was abusing them or anything but riley was kind of like no do what i fucking say like mm -hmm. go do this thing i know you're resistant to anyone telling you what to do but you do it anyway and ellie would be like ah fine you know and go do this thing it shows like kind of how she approaches relationships and love in that kind of very resistant way but she ultimately really wants it um so yeah i mean we're going real deep into the the heart of things do we want to talk a little lighter about just like what we thought of kind of the dialogue and the setup of this episode and yeah it taking I place in the mall I will say that even before we get to the mall, um, I liked that we got a little glimpse of what Ellie's Fedra training looked like. I almost wish we'd gotten more of it, but mm -hmm. I also understand that because in the course of one episode, you have to get inv um, invested in Riley and Ellie's relationship. So almost anything that's not that is going to take away from it. So I, I, it totally makes sense. That they focused on what was more important, but I was like very curious to see kind of like what the you know what are like the beliefs and the things that Ellie is taking from having been you know raised in this Fedra training camp um and you get a little bit of that where she talks about this idea that um you know Fedra is the only thing holding things together and this idea also of that there is this interesting conversation between her and Captain Kwong where um essentially he says where it's not really about the sort of like Fedra is so great it's more about like hey just kind of like keep your head down, do a good job, and then you'll do all right in this world, and maybe be what able to do life meaningful do you want, work too. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. There are like two choices, you know. This is, and it's it's not about like you know rah rah Fedra, but more just like these are the options open to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a good job of humanizing about... them, but it was really brief. It didn't made me want more of it. But maybe that's a new capsule episode in the future. So. Yeah, I mean, there's not much that they have to go off from the game. Like, they, they right. don't have, like, past Fedra or formation of Fedra or kind of, like, how the different QZs kind of evolve with Fedra and, you know, et cetera. But I couldn't help but think of, I mean, like, I have a 15-year-old stepkid 
And it was so interesting to me, that conversation with Captain Kwong and Ellie, because even though the stakes are very different and it's a very different world, it's a very common conversation to have with a teenager to say, hey, your decisions now are going to impact the consequences of your life down the road, even though your brain isn't formed enough to understand that. I'm trying to tell you <laughs> that if you make a bad choice or you go down this road right now, it will have an impact. Maybe not, you know, permanent impact or whatever. There things can be changed, but you know, trying to kind of get that across. And unlike a regular teenager, Ellie seems to really internalize that mm. and understand the stakes of it. Yeah, that's because like most people, it's like the classic like you can't teach that stuff you just say it and then it goes nowhere and then the people live their own damn lives repeat forever human existence miserable nice cool yeah. so you're awake now <laughs> i'm awake ready to go there he is well i think it's also implied that that's kind of who ellie is before you and that basically this sort of period of acting out that we see is because riley left and and that she's like really disappointed and hurt and angry about that and so, and also, you know, feels like she has to stand up for herself because Riley, it's implied, was the one who was like physically would like punish her bullies and stuff. Um, but that, yeah, like her default is to sort of be, you know, a, a good student in this program. And and there's been sort of, a, she's like drifted away from that, comes back to it. And then, and then of course, Riley shows up and is like, hey, follow me. Um, and, and like says, hey, I joined the Fireflies and I want to, you know, take you on this one amazing night in the mall. So Riley takes um, Ellie to this mall who, uh, as we discovered doing a little online research was, uh, is an abandoned mall in Calgary, uh, which Daryl was excited about. And uh, what did we think of the mall? Does it seem like a cool place? Yeah. From the perspective of someone who doesn't have the experience of a mall yeah sure no i mean like malls got to come back eventually if not for like the actual commerce for the vibe right i mean did you not enjoy watching the mall stuff in stranger things no oh <laughs> i don't know i had a great time i guess malls were formative for me is that what you're trying to say but i don't yeah there's something nostalgic it about much. it why are you not you're... yeah what happened to you <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. I don't know. I just um he's infected. I, I want to move to Ghost Creek. I don't care about anything. They don't there are no malls there. <laughs> no malls there. Actually there was one mall. It was really big. Uh -oh. I was so surprised to see it. But mostly they don't have malls. I liked the mall. And this is an expansion pack that I don't there were bits of it that I recalled so vividly and others that I didn't. And uh but I think overall they represented what the story was supposed to be pretty well. Um, Do you remember the Halloween store? Because I remember that from the video game. I remember the Just. Halloween store. Yeah. Because. Anthony, what you do in that segment is you just walk around and it like you, the action button is like for different masks, and then you just put <laughs> on different masks and you can change them. I saw someone on Twitter recently be like. I'm playing Last of Us because everybody's talking about it and like it's just fine question mark like the gameplay is kind of boring is it the original yes yeah the gameplay was, was like, shit yeah. in the original yeah. everybody knows it's like that a 15 year old game one yeah and two like this you don't get it for the if you were going to like do an action-packed 
gameplay sequence, then this isn't your game. No. And go, and go, go play two because two has like ex- excellent, excellent gameplay and yeah. it's also beautiful. But then I guess you'd be spoiling yourself for future seasons of The Last of Us in theory. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. That guy was dumb. I don't yeah. want to talk about him anymore. But hopefully you're not a listener. Um, yeah. Guy. There are a bunch of, there's a lot in the game where you're like not doing anything, you're just, exploring and wandering around the world and it's kind of like pushing the story forward but it treats it like gameplay because there's so many cutscenes in the in the game that like they kind of have to weave some cutscenes into gameplay mm-hmm. which means that you're like walking through a mall and they won't even let you sprint and they're having a dialogue right. and you're like okay like it's kind of a, it's a little bit of an uncanny valley between entertainment and play um which is somewhat dangerous but again the story keeps you and the i think that just the general anxiety of like being attacked by the infected tends to be enough of a dopamine hit to like want to get to that next bit of it yeah um i think they employ that here too right like Especially when I give you the tease of like others. Right, right. Because mo- almost all of this episode is just this long conversation between Ellie and Riley. And like sort of about halfway through, they do show that a uh, there is like one infected in the uh, in, still in the mall. Because they've been told that this mall is uh, is full of infected. But Riley has like gone to check it out and seen that actually that's that's no longer true but then it does turn out she missed one who looked like he'd kind of gone dormant he looked like he'd gone to seed or whatever they did yeah yeah um but it turns out he he could still wake up and um so you see him wake up and then it cuts back to to riley and ellie and you still you know kind of continue this conversation but obviously there's this mounting sense of dread because you're just like well at some point they're going to encounter this infected and also, you know, from like hints that Ellie has dropped and the fact that she's alone, that uh, this probably isn't going to end well. Um, right. So the, the whole second half, even though until like the last 10 minutes, like, quote unquote, nothing happens, like it's like really, really charged, both because of the emotion, but also because you're like, holy shit, something terrible is going to happen. Well, and not just the emotion, but because they're trying to express that they love each other not just as friends but right that they yeah that's what i meant it. by the emotion yeah yeah, the, yeah. that this and this whole time you can see like i think i mean i think they're both actresses are great um but um especially uh bella ramsey is as as ellie she like you get this sense well first you like see her in a very different environment than you've seen her other times in the show and though even though you've seen her like excited and childlike this feels kind of like the most version of that like where she really is like as much as she's angry at her friend she's just so excited to be exploring this new place that she's heard about but never really experienced but then you also get the sense that there's just like this something unspoken between them and that she like you know that like it really captures that feeling of like hey what's going on are we are we and and it just is like really beautiful and um agonizing at times Mm mm-hmm yeah and as like a former gay teen who was like into not gay anymore into them yeah <laughs> <laughs> still a teen she's not gay <laughs> as a gay former teen maybe that's the way to put it but like who you know it 
that vibe of, I think you're into me. I know I'm into you. Neither of us can really, the stakes of saying that based on the friendship and our age and all of these things are so fucking high and trying to like navigate that. I mean, even I remember when I was young in like locker rooms, I was like a, you know, I played a lot of sports and I would like change in front of everyone except for that one girl I had a crush on. You know, there's something like weird about it where you're like, oh man, and you think back and you're like, that's so fucking obvious. Why were you weird about it? But little details that they put in felt very like realistic in terms of that scenario and that kind of situation, which I thought was really good. And I thought some of the dialogue around like the escalator and some of this stuff was really light and fun and kind of like cut through some of the tension in a way that was was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had, yeah, I thought it was really, it, it was because the, the expansion was good, but I think they did add a lot in here that made it like more human and relatable and impactful in all the reasons you just talked about. Maybe because it's real people acting it out as opposed to polygon humans or whatever, but um, graphics. Yeah, as opposed to graphics. But it was all that was good and it was like it felt charged and and honest and real too. So that was nice. But the um I think the zombie thing, this is like the one thing about the well the they don't call them zombies, what do they call them? The um, infected. Yeah, the infected. I was trying to figure out I get like the the tension build, but I was kind of in the mode where I was like Oh, I almost forgot they had that. Like, do you think they wanted you to kind of forget about it? So it was again, or it was like, oh, maybe it'll just be fine. Maybe you can convince yourself. No, that it'll, I no, don't think that they was... were trying to get you to forget it. Because they like yeah. did the delayed. They did the scream from the Halloween store. Right, was right. supposed to fair. make you think like, oh, it's happening and she's missing it or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then that's a joke. And then you're like, well, okay now it's for sure gonna you know like there's no other kind of like false alarms basically the next one's probably gonna be it um but i wonder daryl this is a specific question for you so in the game it's incredibly rare that you would come upon one isolated thing one clicker right because one joel or one ellie is you know worth 10 clickers you can kill them so much more easily right and i'm playing on like medium i'm sure you're playing on easy or whatever of course people grind it out on hard and i'm sure that's pretty intense but like it's just so rare that it's it's a little weird right like do you ever think that or feel that like it you know the museum scene um a long time ago in episode two where there's two clickers and that basically takes down one of them um it's three versus two and that's still like a super high stakes they almost didn't make it situation Mm -hmm. it's just a little weird like it it's a an adjustment for me to remember that it's not easy to take down a clicker like i see one and i'm like oh okay no problem sneak up behind knife it you're good yeah yeah especially i mean like they're at this point totally inexperienced i guess probably well who knows actually riley might have some experience with combat more but like it did it is 
a bit disconcerting. Maybe it was also that they felt totally relaxed would be another part of it. Like they really, really were not expecting it. Like, but this is all kind of stuff that like my brain was was adding to uh, logic out like why it was such a threatening situation. But yeah, it is a little. They're just trying to reorient us. Basically, is like my take. Like they're just reorienting us in a world where you can't respawn. Basically that the like the ratio of Joel or Ellie to infected is a different ratio now. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. just have to like accept it. You know, like one clicker is enough to end things. And yeah. In the game, is it also a situation where like basically if like are you worried about like just them puncturing your skin and infecting you or is it more just like a health bar that goes to zero? No, I mean, it's both like if they basically if you get well, first, you're never around just one because the a big part of the gameplay is stealth. So you can basically creep up behind one and kill it pretty easily. Your problem is that there are normally like 10 in a space and you're trying to stealth around and kill one at a time without kind of alerting the others. If you do alert the others you get in a bit of a hectic, chaotic, like run around situation where Mm -hmm. they are hurting you and your health bar is going down. And the further down it goes, the more likely they are to kind of catch up to you because you're staggering and you're not moving as quickly to get out of the situation. And kind of you get to a point where if one really gets you by by the neck, basically by with your health bar low, it goes straight to a cut scene that they bite you, you're dead. Okay. Got it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it. Yeah, I'm just curious how they'd sort of handle because I because obviously I think one of the most interesting dynamics with um, any kind of like zombie story and and the infected aren't exactly zombies but they're similar is is that it is about not just about the fear of being killed but it's about the fear of infection and transformation. Um, yeah, and I'm curious how that plays out in a game. But I, I also think that um, that is my sense, not having played the game, is that that's something they sent, they did adjust for the show, um, and and that there's more of a sense that you know a single one of the infected could like you know is, is you should be like really fucking terrified of one. Although I also interpreted this this specific scene as that it's true that if it was Joel and Ellie, it probably would not have gone the same way um just because you know joel has a lot more experience um and that part of the reason it yeah it was because it, it's almost like the way that scene is shot you you think that they should have like a lot more of an advantage because mm-hmm. they know for a while that it's coming or i mean i only really only for a few seconds but you like they're like oh it's coming they're kind of looking and they're got like the high ground um and then it just like they just like can't can, and they have a gun um but they just like can't actually kill it until it's bitten both of them um that is real somewhat realistic for the game i don't know if you felt this way daryl but using the gun was like one it was problematic because you were never it was never in a 1v1 so you were alerting other clickers to your where you were but two it was just hard to shoot accurately like like the gun play was really hard yeah the the game and i think this is like the i think they have this in like the where you're getting at like one is always a problem the game always also has that especially if you're playing at intended difficulties like it's like you're never treating any of them lightly and your preferred course of action in every case is to just avoid them generally um as much as possible as opposed to taking them down necessarily right so 
I mean, I probably played the game wrong because I always tried to clear every space so that I could collect Move freely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loot freely, basically. Yeah. yeah. And like collect everything and look around every corner without feeling like I was getting snuck up on by by an infected. But yeah, that well, I mean, that's the kind of like problem with those games is that's always what we're our brain is like it doesn't matter what the intent of like the easiest path is it's like well i gotta fuck i'm completionist i gotta gotta find every little coin and screw so that i can add an an upgrade to my gun that i'm never gonna use exactly (laughs) that i'll finish the game with full gun full uh ammo because i was like hoarding it the whole time yeah i hate that shit kind of but also love it let's do it over and over again so um but yeah i I don't know i think that the for me in the game like the it was easier to accept because something that keeps coming up with for me in this one is like wait so what are the logistics like you get one bite and it's like a dog kind of because so there's so much bacteria in the bite like why is it the bite the delivery mechanism versus all the other they seem to have they seem to be well the spores could infect you too right right. so but I guess it's not like airborne unless the spores are just covered airborne through your it's saliva or blood transfer or like a certain critical mass of spores supposing you had an open wound I guess and you like rubbed up against their face or something you would also probably still get infected because that like they just keep they're just covered in exposed fungal right. matter but which like, i imagine I mean, self-replicating right when we've seen people get infected on the show it's through bites it's yeah yeah, yeah these other mechanisms it seems like that's really the, the the yeah there's like the shot of like somebody showing their bite wound and you're like oh, yeah they um, also should like if they if that is the vector they should all be wearing turtlenecks and shit. like there's just a lot of layers and like long sleeve yeah. it's like oh maybe this is uncomfortable but like come on you would all logically <laughs> be wearing a lot of layers to cover all your exposed skin right okay well don't ruin it <laughs> i ruined the show for everyone <laughs> i i yeah. assume that there'd be more fear of like airborne infection because i i mean partly because i just you know when the show came out i watched like that little you know bbc youtube clip about uh like cordyceps in insects and like that Mm -hmm. that's actually how you get it they get infected is like the 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 fungus grows out of the ant's body and then like spores just are dispersed through the air and then infects all the ants around them and i was like holy shit that is terrifying (laughs) um it is they haven't gotten much gas mask play honestly like there's was there a lot more of that in the yeah there's a lot more in the game where you go into certain areas particularly like underground or closed enclosed spaces and if they see kind of you see it in the it's actually like a core part of the game because if you think about the opening credits and the open menu screen there's kind of the spores are are going across the screen in the light and you can see it in the in the like sunbeams um and it happens more frequently where you go into a certain area and you kind of like auto put on your mask. Okay. So, yeah. but in the yeah, games, it's like meant to restrict movement. Like it's like, it's going to slow down your pace and make sure like it would be, I think it would just be more awkward in the, in the show. Cause it's like, why are you doing this? This feels like well, a video and then game they, mechanic. Their dialogue is not the same either. Right. Cause in the game, they can like make dialogue work through masks. Yeah. But that would be a lot harder for the actors. You'd think. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then you have to tell which character is which, and um, 
And I guess particularly if it doesn't actually lead to an infection, it can sort of maybe seem like a lot of buildup that doesn't really go anywhere interesting. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe they're saving something for for later that they will deal with airborne infection in a more... Well, let's get to the end of the, the episode, right? So like the infected attacks, they both get bit. Yeah. Uh, you first find out that Ellie was bit because uh, Riley looks at her, looks at her arm and Ellie's like, oh, fuck, and kind of has this very emotional reaction to it um riley knows that she's been bit and is really somber and kind of i wouldn't say at peace with it but there's kind of an instantaneous acceptance of okay it's time to mourn me right there's no reason to stop my feet and cry and ellie meanwhile is kind of smashing all of the glass cases in the store and kind of having a yeah much more of a tantrum basically Mm -hmm. um and again in the after the episode the showrunners talk about how riley's lost before she's experienced loss Mm -hmm. this is the biggest one obviously herself but kind of her experience with it has made it a different kind of process for her to go through this this moment Whereas Ellie is kind of experiencing her first real loss ever and that she doesn't know how to handle it. Right. Well, and I mean, it's obviously it's also such a big one because it's, I mean, as as hard as it is to lose somebody close to you, it's the knowledge of your, I mean, what she believes at the time to be her own death. Right. Well, and just, yeah, I think like the, given that it was like just, it was the highest high to the lowest low. That's the biggest problem, right? Right. Like that's what. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that is my other quibble with this episode, which overall I, I did like and think was quite good, was I do think the show often is just will deploy the infected at sort of the most convenient moment for the story. And and that felt like true here too, where it's like, great, like let's let their full kind of uh, reconciliation play out. Let's see them um, kiss. Let's see them acknowledge the relationship and sort of kind of get that full story. And then immediately let's sh- let's bring the infected in, um, which I think makes sense from a storytelling perspective. But I think when you see that sort of happen in, in episode after episode, it, it does, starts to feel kind of like, again, a little bit manufactured. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it works for the storytelling. Um, I mean, it's also interesting that they don't show uh, Riley actually turning, right? You, you, you see them uh decide that they're instead of just killing themselves they're just gonna sort of sit and wait it out and and have however much time they have together which presumably means that at some point riley turns and ellie figure has to do something about it and also realizes that she's not going to turn right yeah Yeah, that's like the part that annoys me the most about this episode is like what happened then yeah, I know. Right. Do, do you think they're just not going to show it ever? They're just going to like. I don't know. That... I feel like you have to answer that question because it's like Ellie had to learn at some point that she was immune. And how did that happen? And how did Marlene find out? Mm-hmm. My right. guess, my guess based on the context that we have, and I don't remember this ever happening in the game, Daryl. So tell me if you have memories of figuring out how this played out in the game, but. Uh, my guess is that because Riley was working for the Fireflies and her post was actually in the mall making bombs for them, that 
Marlene or Fireflies kind of interrupt this this process of turning Mm. either find you know ellie alone with a dead riley or show up soon thereafter with riley kind of almost turned or something like that and just you know kind of discover that ellie is they have they would have to show up later right because they wouldn't let ellie live so they would have to show up after Riley had fully turned and Ellie would have had to kind of plead her case that I'm not turning. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what would prove to people that someone with a bite isn't going to turn. Well, they would enough to wait and watch. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember if this is explained in the game. Well, I'm looking at the, um, what do you call it? The plot description Wikipedia of the, you know, the expansion of the game and it, it seems like it ends in the same place. Right. Um, yeah. So in some ways it seems like uh, they've kind of decided that that's the end of the story. It's a tough question to answer. So they might just say, figure it out. At right. some point, someone bought it. And right. Yeah. Like they had live. And they, uh, they probably just didn't. They, wasn't there something about that? They just kept her in captivity until like enough time. Yeah. Had yeah they kept her like, like far away and were testing her and stuff like that. But still, I you mean, you still again, have to get to the point where you're like, you still have to get okay, to the point where you're willing to put this out. person in captivity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how that happens. I don't know. Right. I mean, I, I guess the other thing is that. And I mean, maybe you guys know more about the fireflies than I do, but that if ideologically part of your whole reason for existence is you think that like there's this government agency that had this like fascist overreach response to the disease that you would probably be a little bit less likely to shoot first when you come across. Yeah. Of all the people that could have found her. Right. I mean, their whole slogan is like, when you feel lost in the darkness, look for the light. So there's some like kernel of optimism and hope for the future that is baked into their ideology. So of all the people that could have all the groups that could have found her, the fireflies is her best shot for that kind of risk. Taking. Yeah. Um, but then they do bad. Uh, yeah. I guess they do bad stuff at a distance. They don't do it like, well, they face. do it against Fedra. Yeah. But isn't that complicated too? I, maybe it's not, maybe it's less complicated with them. I'm, I'm confusing this. With feel... like... in, in terms of the show, I feel like you haven't really seen them do anything. No, that's true. Yeah, they yeah. like bombed where what's her face Tess was down there, and they bombed that and stuff like that. And they obviously have plans to bomb certain outposts. And there's right. commentary about them bombing food stores. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Um, I think like if you look at it a, at a multi step process, I think their belief system hinges around Fedra isn't doing anything to actually improve the world. They're trying to maintain and survive. And the Firefly's belief is that like there's a life worth living. There's a future worth building in the midst of this. And if Fedra is trying to maintain the status quo, then they're a blocker to that future building. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the difference is just optimism, right? Like, Fedra is like, this is as good as it gets, and we should maintain it. And then Fireflies are like, it can be better. And in order for it to be better, we have to disrupt how it is, right? Um, 
And then she chooses to stay with Joel. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they found the big reunion. What did you guys think about that? That was kind of weird, right? What big reunion? Well, when she when she does when from the episode pre- previous, I guess, but when she chooses to stay with Joel from instead of going with um, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, that was a good episode. I mean, Anthony and I talked about it. So, what did you think? I just thought it was kind of an. I felt a bit of a nothing burger, but that's fine. Oh. They needed some plot moving episodes in there. That one would do it. Well, I mean, the plot moving episode. It felt like a plot movie episode. I, I, I think. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, Jordan, but like, it is. It's weird. It's it stands out because it's the like one of the few episodes where really nothing terrible happens. I mean, until the very, very end, but like you keep thinking, oh, like this, maybe this is less of a concern for you, Daryl, because you have a sense from the game. But like, for me, it's like, oh, this place is going to be terrible in some way. Oh, like, oh, this right. woman, and then you're like, oh, no, no, like everything seems fine. Everything's good, except then they have to, the, the drama is not about the infected. It's not about this society they found. All of the drama in the episode is about, will Joel go with Ellie? Like that's, yeah. that's really the question. And, and sort of like, him repairing some of the you know damage in his relationship with Tommy but it's it's not about the sort of bigger societal stuff or the horror stuff that I think has been you know has played a bigger role in some of the other episodes it's really like just about the interpersonal yeah but then he like makes this big decision so that's that's not nothing right no that's not nothing. <laughs> oh my god thank you for giving me that so yeah. here's a question, Daryl. Did you remember the scene where Joel said he wasn't going to take Ellie? Because I didn't. I also didn't. I didn't remember any of the like looming illness shit or whatever. His like what? cough. He's like coughing and he's like, oh, I'm woozy. And you're no, like, that was added. On? That wasn't in the game. Right. That's right. They I'm were trying about. to like physically manifest his fear in some way. And yeah make it more of a driver i feel like in the game i felt that that worried me that was a bleed over to another game where i was like is this like arthur morgan when he gets tuberculosis you know i couldn't play red dead after that oh really yeah like as soon as he got sick i was like i don't want to play this i guess spoiler if you're listening and you want to play red dead (laughs) red uh, dead 2 actually yeah um but yes it's it was like the, I'm worried they're gonna do something like that in this, and that'll be like one of their major changes, which would be, a, I mean, there were the the implications of that are huge. I don't want to say yeah, they much can't do that. Get spoilery, but they yeah. can't. They're not gonna do that. That's stupid. Let's not even go down that path. Let's not go there. But I mean, ultimately, you're just supposed to get that. Like, she learned from Riley not to give up until the fat lady sings basically and to just like keep holding on and probably from her own experience of being immune that like it's not over even if it looks like it's over and that joel's worth kind of staying for and staying till the very last moment until Mm -hmm. it truly is over you know rather than wondering i do have some questions about the uh the medical procedure at the end that you know when she like basically basically stitches him up but there's no disinfectant or anything yeah I'm like i don't know if i believe that that's how you would survive this that's how you fix them yeah i mean you can't really believe well okay so i've been watching yellow jackets lately okay and 
I've thought a lot about disinfecting and little cuts and scrapes and stuff because they're so worried in yellow jackets all the time about like the littlest things. But then also one guy lost a leg and is just like fine and like doing chores and shit. And I thought about it as it relates to The Last of Us and particularly that because I remember thinking like, wow, this is. But if you think he's going to die and you don't have disinfectant of any kind. And you don't have any skills whatsoever to actually heal him other than if I stitch him up, maybe that stops the bleeding. If it hasn't pun punctured an organ and there's no internal bleeding, it's just a gaping wound that he's losing too much blood from. Mm -hmm. Then the risk benefit analysis on that is pretty simple. You, you stitch him up and hope for the best because if he bleeds out, then there's no sense in worrying about an infection. You know what I mean? Right. It's like one problem, one emergent problem versus another. My second piece of kind of like analysis or opinion on this is that after 20 years of living basically without antibiotics and other things, what is the human body's kind of resilience level? Maybe that's stupid. Maybe that like doesn't exist uh, the way I'm thinking about it. Cause obviously there were generation after generation of people that didn't have access to antibiotics and they all died from like <laughs> right. every infection. But is there some, uh, like, I don't know, immunity that you get from living in a post-apocalyptic world and building up some immunity to bumps and scratches and the shit that gets into your system? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not criticizing Ellie for trying it. I mean, you should try whatever options you have. Um, more like, I'm working off the assumption that Joel will survive this. And if he does, I'm kind of like, man, I don't know if I totally think that's what would happen, but that's fine. It's not like a, a, a big deal. Um, <laughs> anyway, I would say overall that like the first three episodes of The Last of Us, I was like, this show is amazing. I need to watch it as soon as it goes live. And like, although I guess maybe I didn't because I know Jordan was already yelling at us about not doing that before. But like, I was definitely like, I'm so in for this show. This is a plus show. I love it. And then like the four episodes since then, I've been like, yeah, this is pretty good. I like this, but like, I'm yeah, not man. quite as in love with it as I was I at the beginning. I feel the same. I feel the same. No, you're both fucking stupid. Well, we're both stupid. That's I mean, true. I get it. I, I mean, to be fair, like even I have felt like I was willing to pick up my phone in certain moments. Yeah, that's the main thing for me is like, I was like, okay, well, it's a two screen experience now. Well, like how much are we factoring in ourselves in this? I mean, I just feel like I Doesn't was also matter. willing. They got to fight against it, <laughs> however bad we get. <laughs> it's like the bacteria. And, yeah. Uh, modern medicine um i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens with season two and we'll also see what happens when they don't have guardrails anymore i mean i assume that they're going past season two we'll see about demand they've claimed that they haven't that they don't want to we'll see yeah they've claimed they don't want to but that's different than saying like 100 this is bought and paid for and contractually signed to never go past Sure. And if sure. they're if it's the most viewed thing on HBO's roster, they will put on another season. That's that is their nature. I think that I actually think that HBO is a place that's willing to let shows it die was. when the when the creator wants to let it die. I mean, that's why Succession is going to end after season four. I'm sure they would love to do a Succession season five and six, but if the creator doesn't and also do it, pre pre session, what's another what's another one? Something like that. That's good, right? What are you talking pre about pre session. Bro? I'm trying to. Come up with spinoff names like uh, 
I mean, they have, yeah, I guess he has said that he's like, oh, I have some ideas for maybe some other shows that could take place in the Succession universe. So yeah. who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Maybe there'll be other last, uh, last. The success to success averse. <laughs> okay, I'm not. All right, we'll see where it day. goes. Uh, <laughs> if you have watched Left Behind and you have thoughts, you can shoot us an email, originalcontentpod at gmail.com. That's originalcontentpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at originalcontent. And we always appreciate it when you leave us a positive review and subscribe in Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. Daryl, welcome back. Jordan, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye.